0: Welcome to Collaborative Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Kraus. Our guest today is Nicole Wetback donald Nicole is the Senior VP of Operations at the Mars Solution Group in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nicole, welcome to the pod.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, for people listening, Nicole and I have been friends for, I'm going to say like eight years now. And uh, <laughs> Nicole was the one that originally got me to come out to Milwaukee and work for Joy Global and uh, has done quite a bit of interesting things in the meantime and uh, kind of welcomed me to that city. And I don't know if you saw the episodes with Anna and Dimitri, um, they're all buddies too. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for finally doing this with me. This is uh, fun to have you on.
1: Good. Cool.
0: So I guess you told me you recently changed positions. What was what was that like? Congratulations, by the way. Oops. And uh, yeah, what, what kind of precipitated that?
1: Um, so we've had a lot of growth over the past few years, uh, as a company, we went from, I mean, we've tripled in growth for the last two years. So needed someone to oversee marketing operations and delivery and sales. So promoted me into that role. And now we're looking to backfill my position which was VP of sales. I think we're going to more look for a director level of sales. Yeah. uh, Because we want this person pretty active selling. And as you know, these good salespeople are like almost impossible.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about this before the cameras went on. So it's, it's a real bitch to recruit for that position in my experience. And to quote my one friend, Kristen, you get one douchebag misrepresenting the company and all of a sudden, you know, it's all bets are off, all your hard work. Kind of goes out the window. So, uh, yeah, my experience has been, it's really, really tough to recruit a good salesperson.
1: Exactly. That's why we've opened it to like United States and we're looking for referrals instead of, you know, going to market, advertising, job ads and stuff. We're looking nice. for someone who's like solid and good, which is going to be hard.
0: So you, When you say U S you mean they can be outside Wisconsin, they can be anywhere in the States remote. As long yeah. as they're you know, they're good at what they do. Yeah, That makes yep. sense. That's awesome. I think that's the way to do it these days.
1: When it comes to talent for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, especially with a role like sales where you don't necessarily have to be there to be to be good at it. It's actually I mean you'll spend most of your time on the road anyway, so you know, it doesn't really Yeah, matter it's just finding
1: someone self motivated. That's the hard part.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. We just recruited a new guy at SKA. Um who, you know, he's uh, still trying to see how he works out. Um, I think he's going to do well, but I don't know. He's got some differing philosophies from me. So we've been sort of, I've been learning from him. He's been learning from me. And we've been sort of like rethinking the sales strategy. It's been pretty fun to, to figure it out. So
1: That's good though, to work with somebody who's different.
0: I think so too. Like yeah. um, I might've told you, like my main, advisor on the business has like very different political views than me. And I won't say what those are because I don't want to ID my political views on the podcast, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> we'll just say like, you know, my, my upbringing and his were very different. And so I think it makes me a lot smarter to have just more perspective. And, uh, I always admire that about you too, that you think that way and, you know, like don't really get caught up in an echo chamber all the time. I mean, it's fun, you know, with your friends or whatever, but it's, it's better, I think, to get more perspectives.
1: A hundred percent, yeah. That's why. So, some of the people I work with, our company is like seventy-eight percent bipoctiverse Um, which makes it so amazing, right? Because you're learning about different religions and different cultures, and you know, some of our team is over in India. Oh, cool. They work the same hours as us, and you build these really great it's relationships. Be a
0: weird sleep schedule.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes very weird sleep schedule for them.
0: So like an 11 hour shift.
1: Um, I think it's, they do 10 hours.
0: Okay. Okay. That's wild.
1: (laughs) And it's completely flipped. Right? So right now it's daytime for them, but they're in bed. It's kind of like working third shift.
0: Yeah. It makes sense to me. I I thought about um, at another job I worked outside SK, I was considering just trying to do it from like Europe just for fun or Thailand, or just like play around with the nomad thing. And the thing that kept me from doing it more than anything, because I'm pretty sure I could be competent at my job no matter where in the world I am, except when I need to have eyes on physical hardware and personnel, is, um, you know, uh, I didn't want to have to wake up, you know, at, I think I ran the math, it was like a six or a seven hour shift for Brussels and Belgium, which is one of my favorite towns. And it would have been, don't quote me on that, I might be off by an hour but it would have been like waking up at like two in the morning <laughs> local time and going to bed before you could do anything. So you'd basically just be missing everyone in your city. And so like, what the hell's the point of, you know, living somewhere else if you can't actually talk to people or experience that culture?
1: And get out there, yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: So what kind of projects are you working on these days? And I guess after that, I get some other questions I wanna ask you, but I'll shut up here for a minute and let
1: you answer. Yeah. Um... So, gosh, we have been, we have this program called Returnship. Women that have been in technology left to either stay home with their kids or maybe they've, you know, not been in tech doing something else um, and want to get back into tech. So we upskill and reskill them on the development and data side. Oh, cool. And then we help get them back to work.
0: How do you reskill someone on development? Like you're teaching them to code? Yes. Holy. So we have
1: people that we bring on board that Badass. do. Yep. And then we do project work. So some of our clients will use us to do specific project work, and we'll get those that cohort involved in it. Let's go. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you have like so a, that the-
0: I'm guessing you bill it like a lower rate for folks that are still learning like that because we've been trying to figure that out. Like, we get pulled in when the house is on fire and there's a very small window of time to deliver mm-hmm. like a huge amount of work. So I'll be honest, Nicole, we. At SK, discontinued our internship program, um, and we don't really do any on-the-job training anymore, except to teach people like the project that we're adopting to, which you can't avoid. And so, and I, I wish it wasn't that way. I'm actually curious how you're how you're getting around that because it, it would be good to be able to open the doors to like broader, you know, diversity of like experience, as it were.
1: I think it's different because they they have the experience. So you're not training them from scratch. Um, and they've had the working experience, which is important, right? They've been in a corporate environment and they kind of know how it works versus an internship type of program. When they're kind of fresh, you have to spend a lot more time and they don't catch on quite as quick where these women are like ready to get back to work, ready to go.
0: So what's like an example of a past life that a woman in this program would have? Like, before learning to code and, and data entry, data science, data analytics, all the above?
1: Um, data analytics. Okay. So cool. they, they would have had a job already in that field and maybe they are staying home with their kids or someone was a flight attendant because they weren't able to find work.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So then they don't wanna be a flight attendant. They wanna get back into that. Yeah. And but they, you know, it's been five years and things change in five months.
0: Yeah, especially when you're dealing with the software world. I mean, I, I don't really do a whole lot of coding. I haven't coded in a decade, but I mean, maybe at Joy Global was the last time I wrote any code for work. <laughs> and then I, I guess I checked the Git when engineers on my teams do coding now just to make sure that everyone's delivering what they're supposed to, because mm-hmm. of you know who. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> basically um, as a result, um, I, I'm a little bit stale myself, but the last time I got into it, I remember what I saw is every time I opened my eyes, especially in the front end world, there were like five new frameworks or like, you know, 10 new languages that weren't there when I closed my eyes, maybe like a year ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we just finished a project. We did a custom cohort for a client of ours for Kubernetes. So they were having a hard time finding people in the market that weren't ridiculously expensive. And they asked us, to just do a custom cohort, find good, talented people, and then train them, and it worked out really well. They ended up taking, I think, seven out of nine of the cohort, and nice. so far, so far. And that was that's that's a great placement,
0: right? That's that's yeah. huge. Okay, so you take people that know what they're doing, and they've done some kind of coding or data analytics. You teach them modern yeah. languages and frameworks, and then you put them back out there. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's pretty clever, actually. I didn't think of that. <laughs> that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, it works out really well. You have to get a develop a network, right? For that, so at first it was slow to recruit people, but now we've become pretty well known, and we have a lot of referrals. That's, that's interesting.
0: How do you how do you network for that? Like, do you just go to events for like women in tech, or like what's your?
1: Yeah, women in tech. Um, there are some feeder programs in Milwaukee that. I think of the names of there's a couple different programs like IC stars is a good one
0: what's IC stars
1: it's like underprivileged kids cool. that maybe graduated high school or went to college for a couple of years didn't graduate um, they want to get into coding or uh, into IT in general Nice. so we look at the candidate base and where we think we could put them and then we feed them into our program.
0: I like the name too. Cause like, sometimes you do see a rock star that's kind of like a diamond in the rough and they might not have the traditional pedigree or education that yeah, know, like most people are looking at. So they get overlooked. There's, there's one guy I talked to who was in Amazon's, um, you know, they have like their own trade school now to teach PLC programming and like robot mm-hmm. programming and all that crap that they need to run these massive logistics centers. And i don't know how that has weathered the layoffs uh you know i'm talking out of my ass here as someone who is just kind of on the fringes and observing as an outsider but this one guy i talked to that was in their program was really clever and and some of the skills they were giving him i'm like ooh, maybe we should be uh you know piggybacking <laughs> off this a little bit because i mean you know like a good plc programmer is, is hard to come by these days or like a good cnc oh, yeah. machine operator or like a good, you know. Um, somebody that knows how to do uh, controls, you know, on, on like a, a line and can get a motor drive tuned. I mean, that's not easy skills to come by. And they're all very valuable. Um, and, you know, to young people listening, you can earn a lot of money if you if you learn one of these skills and get good at it.
1: Please go be a controls engineer, please. please. We'll hire, you.
0: <laughs> Nicole and me will hire yeah. you.
1: You'll get a job. You'll never be unemployed.
0: That's correct. You'll get your door pounded down by recruiters constantly. You'll never have an empty inbox and people will figure out where you live and (laughs) be calling your personal cell phone constantly.
1: Very true. Same with machinists.
0: Machinists for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At at my last job at at FormLogic, which I I resigned from uh, pretty recently. Um, I don't want to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) My last job at FormLogic, I'll say. um, I... uh, was um, the director of advanced projects, and um, okay, I'll talk about it. So the reason I resigned was because they hired me um, as director of advanced projects, and um, I was under the impression that that meant running an R and D team. There wasn't a job description; the job was just made up for me, and you know that's how it came to exist. Uh, so in my mind, it meant running an R and D group and and creating my own department and standing that up. Um, in the uh, eyes of The company, it meant, you know, doing more business strategy decision making, which just I mean, it's you're probably way better at it than me. It's not what I've trained myself to do in my career. And so I, I, you know, tried to make it work, but just wasn't a great fit. But anyway, uh what form logic yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not upset. I get along great with everyone there. I mean, the CEO and I text on a regular basis. Um director quality Michelle's come on this podcast uh and is coming back on again soon. She's great. She's one of my favorite folks and uh, we drank a lot of mezcal that night (laughs) 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 and um we're gonna do like charcuterie and champagne next time i think (laughs) i like that yeah yeah michelle's a badass i'll have to introduce you to her at some point but um she uh or what i was gonna say is we could not find enough cnc machinists i mean we what we were doing is running a highly automated machine shop and what that meant was you know, coming up with unique ways to have remote machine operators running, say, like 10 machines at a time. And so it's, it's force multipliers and then removing the, you know, the geography constraint that you and I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. And when we were able to fill a machinist role, we didn't fire people. Or whenever we were able to automate, I should say, we didn't fire people. You know, we, we bought more machines <laughs> and hired more machinists. So if you come up with a way to put someone to work more effectively and give them the fun, rewarding parts of the work, and I, I don't think this was unique to Form Logic. I think this is something everybody in yeah. manufacturing wants to do is, you know, how do we get the most out of our folks? How do we keep them happy? How do we keep them satisfied? You know, how do we increase, you know, our onshore production and decrease our cost on shipping and customs risk, you know, or whatever, you know, makes you want to do that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. You know, it's it's just a good idea to, to keep your, uh, you know, manufacturing operators satisfied and happy and employed. So.
1: Right. The misconception that robots are taking everyone's jobs when really you put a robot in and it creates more jobs.
0: Yep. And it makes someone doing their job more interested and useful. I mean, now they get to play with the fun robot. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I completely agree. Um, and it's, you know. It's been fun to be a part of that, you know. And like I said, nothing bad to say about those guys. I, I'm grateful for the experience. So, yeah. Um, what are what are some of the other things you're working on these days?
1: Um, that's a lot. No that's worries. That's what i got going on pretty much. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want
0: to make you go into... <laughs> i I'm sure there's more that you just can't say. I mean, besides, you is. know,
1: the kid in the background that I'm sure you've heard crying for some reason that I don't know because <laughs> I'm here with the door closed.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to take you away from your family, Nicole. No. I do miss hanging out crying. with you.
1: Though. I'm happy to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks buddy. Yeah. So, you and I talked about this, like when I when I first met you and I, I asked you, but I kind of want to ask again, just for the for the podcast and people to hear mm-hmm. your story. You started out as like an engineering student and decided you didn't want to go that route. And like, how did how did that play out for you? Like, how did you yeah. end up in like the executive
1: track, as it were? Yeah, so um, mechanical engineer, really. My first job out of college was with an RV company designing mirror casings, so super exciting stuff, like really great, (laughs) I got pulled into HR's office so many times for talking (sighs) like a child at school because I was talking to my coworkers. And then I realized- That was an issue in their minds? Yeah, that that was an issue.
0: Shut the fuck up and get back to work.
1: (laughs) Yes, that was like the mentality. So I was the only woman in the engineering department. It was kind of an Brutal. old school company. Um, and on top of that, just, you know, not a good fit. And I was like, wait, I can't talk if I'm an engineer. That's a problem because I talk a lot. I want <laughs> to meet people and I like people. Uh, so I quit and I took a hundred percent commission sales job. Nice. Like, Let's That's see. if I'm done this. Yeah. Yeah. Both feet Um, right
0: into the deep end, cement shoes and everything.
1: I'm just like, let's try something completely different and not tell anybody what I'm doing because I don't want people, you know, judging me or whatever. But I was really successful. I did good. I was with that company, I think, for like six years. Um, They wanted me to relocate and I decided not to. So I left that company and got into staffing and recruiting Um, And was like, this is the greatest thing in the entire world. That's awesome. And haven't left since. So I've just kind of worked my way up the sales ladder into the executive suite.
0: That's awesome. And can I say, like, when you recruited me, I was so grateful that you actually wanted to hang out because I, too, am a people person. Yeah. That's one of the things about, like, straight up engineering jobs that, I mean, I have nothing but respect for engineers and I'm grateful for all the engineers I get to work with that totally you know, come up with awesome ideas and you know figure out how to solve way harder problems than i could solve on my own <laughs> but at the same time like personally like you i love to to bullshit and be around folks and and to hang right and so yeah the fact that you wanted to to like hang out and you were like hey let me know if you want to see the city let me show you around milwaukee i'm going be so happy i was like yeah new friends <laughs> you know let's do it and I don't know no. if, if this was true, but at the time you said I was the first engineer to take you up on that that you'd ever recruited in. Was that is that actually a true
1: statement? That is. <laughs> it it really is. They're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to do anything. I'm like, Okay, Proudo. it's fine. You change your mind. But once in a while we'd get like a coffee or something, but nobody like wanted to have fun, I guess.
0: <laughs> You've ended up being one of my best friends. Like I've it's so like we've worked together since then, you know, like in, in different capacities. I mean Um, like, I don't know, I've been to your house, I've met your family. Like, you know, I mean, you've introduced me to people I wouldn't have known. I've introduced you to people you wouldn't have known. And none of that would have happened if we hadn't hung out and like gotten to know one another as people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I love, that's what I do for a living, right? I get to hang out with my clients and sometimes candidates and go to events, drink booze and have fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the way. I mean, there's other stuff, obviously, in between all of that, but.
0: Well, you course, you can't just be a party animal and, and nothing, but you've got to have some strategic <laughs> vision and intelligence, but you've obviously got that too.
1: Yes, and yes. So yes.
0: It's, it's, I think it's a good balance. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that you're on the scene. I'm grateful to know you. I'm, I don't know. You're, you're, you're a killer. <laughs> you're good at what you do. I
1: feel the same about you.
0: Thanks, Nicole. It's mm-hmm. very kind of you to say.
1: Absolutely. You are definitely smarter than me too.
0: I don't know if I agree with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can't not agree with that. You're way smarter than I. Uh, Every time we talk, I'm like, you're doing what? (laughs) And how?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just trying. I um I feel like I'm a bit of an asshole. Like I definitely I grew up as like a bright kid and so like I I would score on, like, the long tail of IQ tests and just blow the curve every time. And I I, I don't know. I think it made me a little too cocky out of the gate where, like, I I came in thinking I was better than I was when I got out of school. Like, I I was so used to, like, being the valedictorian or, like, breaking the curve or, you know, embarrassing everyone else in a math class. And, you know, like, my score set the standard for everyone was in, like, a 200-person lecture at, at KS Western one time. And it's a big deal well just raw horsepower isn't everything though like I, i think experience matters more and like that's something that i would never have admitted when i first graduated but i mean like the people you know your network you know your your experiences your ability to adapt your your knowledge you know from like who you've been around and what you've seen i mean that's arguably more important your emotional intelligence is more important than your intelligence quotient in my opinion and like I feel like that's something, I don't know. Like sometimes every now and then I'll meet a kid like right out of college where I see myself in them and they're cocky, you know, and they think they're, I don't know if you remember our negotiation. (laughs) You can't even talk about it. But like I I, I was supposed to be an intern at this job and I negotiated myself into being out of the pay grade for an intern. And so I I was a whole different classification of, of, you know, person at that company.
1: You also had a rare skill set. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I was very much opposite because of my upbringing and the way I grew up. I was kind of never encouraged to do things. I was more like independent on my own. I got to figure it out myself. So I was always kind of second guessing myself. And it took me, I think, into my like early 30s to really be like, oh, I... I did something like I can do this. I know what I'm doing a little bit some days. (laughs) I mean, you've given
0: me so much good advice on stuff that wouldn't have occurred to me ever. Like, I don't know. You're smarter than me in a lot of ways.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe in some ways we balance each other out.
0: No, I I think it's a good synergy as well. I met this one guy. I had this guy on the podcast. He's the CTO of motive space systems. His name's Eddie Tunstall. And um, this dude is way smarter than me. Like I, I was like, Jesus fuck like this how how many things does this guy know about like he he builds space robots for a living and he's um okay like understands like all the ins and outs of like the difficult linear algebra that I struggle with and like <laughs> he's he could do any one of the engineers on this team's jobs but he doesn't because he's the CTO and so that guy I I and he was he was amazing to work with because there were like little things he caught in editing, or like little things like, I, I think I like got like some minutiae wrong in the description, and he recognized immediately. Like just the best work ethic, you know. And I was like, okay. This guy is way smarter than me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm more in comparison. You just to said he kid.
1: builds space robots. Yep. Like what else do you have to say? That's his whole job.
0: <laughs> and so, and he's been doing it since the late '80s, right? And so he's got well, like. Okay, this is embarrassing that I can't do this math in my head, but 30, 40 years of space robot building experience.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: hope there's somebody training underneath that guy because.
0: I mean, he's the CTO of a company? I'm sure there are. I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of work progeny, as it were. (laughs) Yeah, getting that knowledge. (laughs) I hope so. Just the the Genghis Khan of training engineers. (laughs) Well, I have that image now. Oh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't <mean> to do <laughs> that. So you remember how you, you found me, you reached out through uh, John Dolan at Carnegie Mellon, who's the, I don't know, how did you find that guy? Like that took some hustle.
1: I don't know, I Googled something.
0: Clever. <laughs> <laughs> so he's buddies with John Dolan, that's how I met him. And, like that dude knows every, I don't know if you knew this about it, but he was he was a Colonel in the army. And so- Yeah, he did. That. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't find that out for like I knew him for six years before like some Marine, um, a retired Marine, told me like another MRSD graduate I was like you know that guy was a colonel right And I'm like what's a colonel <laughs> I I
1: didn't know what a colonel was, yes. I was like, what does that mean I don't I like don't
0: know. Colonel Sanders like tell me more
1: <laughs> I know nothing about that
0: they're like no dude that like they command ten thousand people I'm like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a level of responsibility I will probably never attain.
1: <laughs> so I don't deserve that. No. Yeah.
0: Well, and I had another guy on the podcast, Wayne Dudding, who's a retired U.S. Army colonel. And um, there's some interesting stuff there I won't get into. But he he was um, – what he said is he's like, you're like a 20-something-year-old. And they give you – he told me the Silver lunch one time. Wayne, hopefully you're not mad at me for. I don't think it's anything you get mad at me for saying. He's like <laughs> you're like a twenty-something year old, and like they just give you way more responsibility than any human can handle. <laughs> it's way more than you deserve. <laughs> like, like 20, 30 people under your command as a twenty-something year old, you know, and you just kind of go from there. And, um, you know, it's, I, I don't know if he was a lieutenant or like a captain at the time, and then he got more heaped on him after that. But I think that's. How, I think if you show you can handle it, like a ba- they just give you more and more and more you know and, and if you don't break they're like okay this person's you know general material <laughs> whatever that's I like mean, i'm saying this I, is i've never been a veteran i've never served i don't know i'm just this is my observation from having friends that are in in the you understand <laughs> like, yeah i have a cousin
1: in the air force um and he got promoted to something and i still i don't know what it means but he's been on like six or seven tours of afghanistan and he keeps going back and i'm like holy moly what do you do and he's like i can't tell you like, <laughs> are you you really can't tell me or are you just saying that and he's like no i really can't tell come you. on <laughs> and i'm like just a little bit <laughs> like no i can't say anything <laughs> I'm like well you're no fun
0: <laughs> that's hilarious I, I had a guy on the podcast as well this other guy uh brian Byer and he he told me a story at dinner about robbing a bank in Iraq <laughs> in right? order to get, um, they needed dinar uh, to pay people, like cops and teachers, to keep the infrastructure running. So okay. they, they robbed an actual bank, and then they only went after like the, the government accounts. And apparently the oh. teller like didn't speak English, and so Brian's commanding officer got him in and was like, hey, uh, can you blow that bank vault door off? He's like, well, we might take down the building as a TI-83 four or whatever out. He's like, we might blow down the building, but yeah, we can take it out. And then the guy all of a sudden spoke English and like knew where the key was.
1: Oh, right uh, away.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the only reason I'm telling is because he told it on the podcast. I think we're good, but I mean, you know, some of the stuff those people do is just fucking insane. Like, I'll never have those experiences, you know, in, in my, and maybe that's okay. I don't necessarily need to know what it's like to rob a bank in another country.
1: It does sound kind of cool
0: yeah yeah for sure Is it, i'm a big reservoir dogs fan so like anything that resembles that i'm just like yeah <laughs> everybody wants to be mr black <laughs> nobody wants to be mr pink
1: you know i haven't that's the one show i haven't binged yet it's on my list you
0: mean reservation dogs or reservoir dogs reservoir oh no it's a movie but like it's it's a good one.
1: Oh. What am I thinking
0: of? You might be thinking of reservation dogs. It's the same font. It's on Hulu. Yes. It's good. I I I, well, I'm like six episodes in. I've kinda I haven't had time for T V lately. I wish I did. (laughs) I wish I did.
1: Yeah. But I've just been
0: I've been getting getting buried at work. Night. How is that? I haven't watched that yet.
1: Oh my gosh, Spencer, you have to watch that. Handmade still? All right. Yeah.
0: What do you think about like um, the current economic climate <laughs> just to just if since we're, we're going down this rabbit hole, like what do you, what do you think is next for our, our industries respect? So just to, to kind of get more into it, like Mars SG works on pretty much what SKA works on just at a different scale and in different verticals. Right. So yeah, you guys are contract engineers. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you're yeah. bigger than us, but you're, you're in like more like, what do you, what are your like main industries? Like, what are you guys doing?
1: We do a lot of like finance, fintech. banking. Yeah, we yeah. do none of
0: that. So we, we focus on like field robotics and mechatronics. So like we've put robots into like, you know, operating rooms and we've, you know, built people new arms that they didn't have before. And, uh, you know, now we're doing stuff in the energy sector, which is pretty fun. And then um, we've done a little bit like really, really light, like defense, like we did like navigational devices uh, in that area. but. I mean you know that's all i can really say without getting myself in trouble <laughs> but um, yeah so fintech what what else like any like it sounds like software focus
1: yeah manufacturing and healthcare. care too um but more like we're doing most of what we do is not statement of work it's staffing so that's where we make all of our money so we're staff. different
0: so yeah. we're like we go and a lot of the time now because when we get called in i mean our somebody badly needs help yesterday. And so if we were to SOW it out, like our client would be fucked because we would run through their whole timeline just on the scoping. And so we used to do that. And at this point we'll do it. Like if it's, if it's something we've done before and we know how to scope it, but we don't get called for something we've done before. We get called for something ridiculous that nobody else can figure out because we're known as being the best at what we do. And so That's like, cool. thank you. <laughs> So we get called when the house is on fire and there's very little time left to put the fire out. And we just bring a gang of heavy hitters in to solve a difficult problem. And then we leave. <laughs> yeah. and so that's. And then
1: they call us and they say, we need four software engineers, full stack. We need this. We need that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
0: So that's what you get, like a discrete staffing requirement. You're like, okay, we got these four people. We can, we can do this. We can do that. You go, uh, it sounds like you're mixed pricing. So you go based on like seniority level or like, okay.
1: Yeah, and it depends on the client. So sometimes we have to run through like a large vendor system and then our pricing gets, you know, our margin. That would jack it up because,
0: oh, that's brutal. So you do more work and you make less margin, that's fucking horrible, I shouldn't say that. But the
1: volume is there. Okay, so that's not
0: so bad. Life is good. No.
1: So yeah, then it's like a hundred people at one client. I was thinking about you. I was touring a, a plastics company cool. the other day and I was looking at their machine. They had a robotic arm that was like cutting out plastic and leaving it on the floor. And I'm like, Oh, that's so much unused plastic. Like what are you doing with that? And they're like, Oh, it just goes and it gets recycled. And I'm like, Spencer could do something with that. Yeah. Spencer <laughs>
0: How much money you got to do on-site recycling would be my next question (laughs) what's your budget what's your timeline so yeah i mean and i say that tongue-in-cheek but what i actually mean is you know we ask that question to sort of vet out you know like are we offering the right solution so if if a company had you know say you know twenty thousand dollars to spend on that you're not going to be able to do much in the way of bespoke engineering for twenty thousand dollars like not for something like that, but like when I'm thinking it out loud for that project, it, it, you'd probably want like something like a crusher, like a, like a big paper shredder to take that plastic and pulverize it. And then you'd want some kind of a vessel that can churn and melt it. And you would have to like think about color. So does the color of your end product matter? Are they all the same color mold? If it's all the same color and you've just got yellow scraps and a yellow product coming out, then you can just pulverize, melt auger it into like, you know, your injection mold and then stick it back in line, have heating coils all the way along and then, you know, blast it back in and recycle that way. So what it comes down to, I guess, is like how much money are you losing? It's it's math, you know, and, you know, how much is it costing you to buy new plastic versus get recycled plastic? And then if you were able to recoup that margin over the amount that you're losing what is that amount of money? That determines your budget for the project, right? And then maybe you look at like a two-year ROI, return on investment, or I don't know. I mean, it depends, right? Some clients want a five-year ROI, some clients want a one-year ROI. And so it just depends on that client's risk tolerance. And then that's how you'd formulate a budget for that project. And from there, you say, okay, well, what can we afford to do for that amount of money? Like, you don't want to gouge. Like, I, I had a real estate agent where I was in the market for some rental properties recently, and she just asked me what my range was. And then she served me properties with no real estate uh, rental potential at the top end of my range. I'm like, what? The, wh- why? Like, what do you? Have you even been listening to me? <laughs> like You're giving all of us salespeople a bad name. But the reason I ask what your budget is is not to gouge people for the top end of their range, but it's to know, like, what solutions are viable based on their budget. You know, like, obviously, you don't want to launch a satellite, <laughs> you know? it doesn't make sense financially to do so. So, and that way you can present options that are within the realm of possibility and actually be useful and not wasting any effort on the front end. So I don't know. That's, that's a long rant.
1: My dog. Sorry. No worries. Thought it might be your
0: pig. (laughs) It's like open for the pig. No,
1: Amazon's here because you know, why not order everything that you own on Amazon? Give i had probably it's them...
0: <laughs> embarrassing in grad school i was spending probably 20 grand a year on amazon like it's it was bad i, I definitely had and continue to have an addiction like i don't know okay. I, yeah i bought a leaf blower like somebody you know messed up their car Why I...
1: a leaf blower
0: <laughs> i i still live <laughs> in an apartment because it's cheap and so i um it's I pay so little, it's great. Like, from the moment I can find a mortgage is cheap, I'll buy a house. But I um, I sort of bullied my way into having a carport behind the building I rent. And um, as a result of me kind of strong-arming this second structure onto the property for no money, I don't have really, like, maintenance for it. And so I just started blowing out the leaves myself. And it's a good way to clear my head. I mean, you you were telling me, like, feeding your chickens gets your head clean. I don't know if you still have them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: were saying it kind of gets you chilled out and, you know, like off the work day for me, blowing the leaves out of my carport gets me chilled out, you know, and ready for the next meeting. And, and it's like it's like a mandala, right? Where like you, you sweep all the sand and you know, kind of relaxes you. And, you know, then you can like I like sweeping the floor. I like um, I like, you know, manual labor in varying degrees. I like. Yeah, it's,
1: it's like mindless. Correct. It's almost like meditating.
0: Driving, too. Like, if you have a long drive, yeah. that's the closest I get to meditation. Like, I don't I do not do well with being told to sit still and not go to sleep.
1: No, I try so hard. I really, really give it a good try, and I just can't get there. I
0: can't do it either. I, my brain just will not shut the fuck
1: up. I know. <laughs> it's awful. It's like no matter what you do, there's something going on. It's like if it's not work, it's – planning ahead, like I'm a planner, maybe, like, not maybe, I'm totally obsessive compulsive disorder, I know it, so I'm always planning, like, for the next day, like, what do I need for the next day? I do the same exact
0: thing, every time, like, I'm not even worried about it, because I know I'll never not do it, like, even if I've had, like, you know, 12 cocktails, like, I'm still going to run my calendar for the next day before I go to bed, you know, as I'm spinning and vomiting in the toilet, you know, like, (laughs) by away. like, I will... (laughs) I will find a way to run my calendar, set my alarms for five to 15 minutes before my meetings, depending on the meeting before. Um, Mm -hmm. I will come up with an action items agenda based on my non-time reliant action items. And I will come up with a call list, all the people I got to call that day. And I I do that all on like, I I use, um, I'd be curious to know how you do this. So mine is I use uh, my iPhone and I just set like, Timers before my meetings that are like time dependent. So I'm never late for a meeting. And then I, if like, if you know, like, I don't know if I trust, like, I don't always trust my phone. If there's something critical I got to be up for, I do this less and less because like the iPhone's been reliable pretty much. But when I had an Android, it was kind of glitchy. And so I would set a secondary alarm clock for like the same time. And then I would have, because re- I, you know, it just glitched and I, I slept through it and I, I missed meetings. But these days, I think for the last maybe, four years of my life like it's a little bit embarrassing i I wake up 10 to 5 to 10 minutes before my alarm like i'm absent-minded my biological clock works like when i was a kid my parents used to call me 60 spence because i would just wake up you know like 10 to 6 i guess like every time (laughs) (laughs) and so it's it's i'm finding that's coming back as i as i get into my 30s where like i you know whatever my first i don't have a consistent sleep schedule it depends on my first thing like some days, some mornings i'll play tennis at like 7 a.m or you know now that we're getting into the winter i'm starting i'm gonna get into rock climbing and that's my my new kind of you know cardio for the morning but you know i'll were you by the way i saw pictures of you online as like a power lifter like do you have a career in that area or did i find some no. other nicole Whitbeck?
1: <laughs> no 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 i definitely have lifted but i'm not a power lifter by any means i
0: I found like competitive bodybuilding pictures of you at one point when i was
1: there must be another there might be
0: another one that's like looks similar (laughs) enough i got it wrong
1: it's my it's my alternate carl if
0: you can find this please (laughs) put a picture up
1: I, I, I find
0: it I I was convinced you were like Arnold Schwarzenegger and maybe I'm misremembering this, but like
1: I do work out like every day, but it's at night. I'm not a morning person. Right? So this so could often. have
0: been you. Like you could have just been jacked and like I, I okay, this might I this might have just been you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I do. I am like really low body fat, but I Jealous. don't know about body. I'm very high
0: body fat. I got quite I, the keg going. <laughs>
1: No, I I cycle, I do Together a ton a whole of yoga <laughs> and I do weights, but nothing crazy.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's wild. I mean, that's really cool. I got to get into that more. I thought about getting a trainer. Um tennis was great for me like this last season. I um I hadn't played since the late 90s when I was a kid and like I got back into it and I've just been going hard and waking up at you know like 6 a.m and playing tennis at seven and i know that other people wake up earlier but fuck you you know yeah <laughs> this is the thing for me yeah yeah and so but what i found is and i'm sure you found this too like well you're doing your cardio late, but when i do cardio at the beginning of the day like I, I perform better that day like i you know i mean i grew up with like an add diagnosis and i, I recently quit um the adderall you know and I, i've just been going without it and Nobody's complaining. Like, I think I'm better without it, you know? And, and so I... I um, thanks. But one of the ways I've been able to do that is by getting cardio in the morning and just kind of burning all the, you know, like hyperactivity out of my system yeah. by, you know, like hitting the heavy bag and, you know, like playing tennis and, you know, jumping up a rock wall and just doing whatever to, to you know, run around in circles. Like when I'm stressed these days, what I will do is I will go... I will... I will get up from my desk and I'll just start running laps around the block <laughs> until <laughs> I have enough endorphins to numb whatever problem I had. And then I'll sit back at my desk and, and get back to work.
1: That's not a bad idea.
0: Thanks, yeah, you can, you can take it, it's yours. <laughs> so,
1: I can't, I'm not, a, like I like playing tennis, but I'm terrible at it, like really bad. But I do I will never get better. (laughs) It's not for me. I played tennis in high school. My sophomore year, my coach pulled me aside and he asked, like, do you think this is the sport for you? What an asshole. (laughs) But also he was right I'm still (laughs) not any better. He wasn't wrong.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've been going to coaches, which helps. I've been um, just, I don't know, forcing myself to think differently about it. Uh, and there's some other ways of doing that that I'll get into offline. But like, I think just never taking for granted the habit that you've formed and, and always trying to think of like, why am I running at the net the way that I am? Or why am I, you know, um, always, why am I standing there and not more on my feet and try to fight that? So what I found is like, if I jump up and down when I'm at the service line, like I'm, you know, at a rave or something and I'm like, you know, like I, I, I'm more dynamic, and, and so I can, I'm more likely to, to get up off my ass faster and sprint to where the ball's at. And like, I drill on all of it over and over and over. So, like, I, I will, you know, see how fast I can run across the court. I mean, when I have a coach, like, I'm basically paying them to be a human ball machine that gives me tips. Like, they'll <laughs> just serve me, you know, like two or three hundred balls, and we'll just work on muscle memory and, and train it into the cerebrum. And then, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I like going to the shooting range as well. And like one of my mentors there was like, you know, it takes a hundred shots to break a bad habit. And I mean, the same is true of tennis, like, and probably anything where you have physical muscle memory and you're trying, I'm sure I've got some bad workout habits that you could help me correct. Like, you know. I like, think
1: as long as you're active and doing something that's so important. Like, I think, so I have systemic lupus and I look at all of these, um men and women that have the same disease as I do, but they're not active brutal. and they're in so much pain and discomfort. And what a huge difference just being active and exercising makes for your muscles and keeping you loose and limber and building muscle. It's amazing and pain management too. That's awesome.
0: So it actually helps with the pain mitigation to, to just be. hundred percent. That's interesting.
1: It's made all of the difference. So I used to work out like two or three days a week and I totally switched it up. And I decided I was going to do six days a week consistently. Fuck um, me, that's awesome. And it made a huge, I was off any pain meds, no ibuprofen, no Advil, no Tylenol, nothing. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. And I told my doctor that and he's like, wow. And I'm like, it's true. This is a
0: different doctor than the one that said you were going to die like over a decade ago, right? <laughs>
1: There were a few of those. Fuck. They were wrong.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I'm telling it. you,
1: healthcare, God, just. Well, you know, well your That's dad shitty. is. My not. dad's a
0: my dad's a surgeon.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's like one of the good ones. He's thank one you. Of the good
0: ones. Yeah, well, I mean, we've all gotten a call together and <laughs> talked about
1: yeah.
0: ways to make it work. Thank you. I, yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, we haven't always gotten along, but him and I are very good friends these days. Actually, let me tell you about my Thanksgiving this year. This will come out after Thanksgiving by, like, a few days, but I'll tell you about what my Thanksgiving is going to be because we're recording this on Tuesday. And so what my Thanksgiving is going to be is I bought, like, um, a whole bunch of, like, hot pot meat from, like, Dim Sum King at a local, like, uh, Asian grocer. And then I bought, um, like, uh, shrimp balls with caviar in the middle. And I I bought, like, all this different, like, Chinese and Japanese and Korean food. And I'm just gonna cook up a storm, you know, like utilizing <laughs> shortcuts like the air fryer and like a cast iron skillet. And sounds like,
1: good. Thank you
0: very much. Yeah, I love cooking. We'll we'll have to cook sometime. Um, and so my mom's making like you know she's got whatever she's doing, and it just my parents live in Manhattan. I live in Pittsburgh, and so it's about a six hour drive. And I've got meetings on Wednesday and on Friday, and Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and so I'm just trying to. I don't know, I, I can't afford the commute. And like, you know, for sure, I haven't looked at flights, but I'm just guessing they're booked up solid. Like there's no way I can fly into New York in the morning and then fly out in the evening on Thanksgiving. And so, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And so I, um, I, I just want to hang out with them on Zoom. And then what I'll do is I'll just cook up my storm and they'll cook up their storm. And um, we'll probably have a few cocktails together and just bullshit and it should be fun.
1: That sounds nice.
0: Thanks. What are your plans?
1: Not as nice as yours. All of my family is coming to my house. Aww. So Yeah. Sounds like Hope my day. parents don't see this. Sorry, mom and dad, if you ever watch this. Um, so, me and <laughs> my, my parents sister have not write...
0: watched a single episode
1: of this. <laughs> Me and my sister are just going to make sure we're drunk enough to like contain all of the politics and arguing and fighting that, that will Fuck me,
0: happen. that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that's what alcohol is for, is putting up with family members. I hate to say it, it's gonna sound No, bad. it's true. Yeah, for sure. It is funny sometimes though, when you get ones that are politically different in the same room, and even if like, you know, they're like maybe radically way more one way than you the other way, like, it was it was funny seeing like my I have these family members that like donate aggressively to the Democratic Party like in, in the order of like probably millions of dollars and then I have like another family member that carries a pistol in his back pocket every day. Like, I mean he died, but for the for his whole life he did that. And so like he showed me his pistol on the um, the patio of my other aunt's house that like just donates <laughs> to the Dem- and I just thought it was the funniest thing cuz of the contrast. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> You know, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not like I don't really hardcore agree with anyone or disagree with anyone. I'm just an observer. And so, Same. Just, yeah, just looking at it, it's it's just hilarious to see that the, like if this person knew what that person was doing, they would be losing their mind <laughs> but because they don't like nobody cares. And, and that to me is funny as an instigator. And so
1: so I like to mess with my dad purposefully, like um, he was over here couple months ago and I told him I'm like hey yeah I'm thinking about getting an electric car because I know that's like a trigger for him and he's that's like, funny do you know how electric cars get here in diesel trucks <laughs> and then he went on that's for a like, good like,
0: counter argument
1: and then it was like 25 minutes later before anyone could even get a word in and I'm just sitting back laughing because that was like the whole point of me bringing it up
0: that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, my dad admitted to me that he's an atheist after, like, on my, th- I was 30 years old when he finally told me he just didn't believe in God. And I'm like, why'd you make me go to synagogue all those years? He's like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> had, like no answer. <laughs> there
1: is no answer. For that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, like, cultural identity, you know? <laughs> 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 like, all right, dad. <laughs> oh.
1: I guess he's seen some stuff, though, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, to be – I'm not religious myself, and I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast, so here's me coming out of the closet on that. But, like, I think, um, you know, there's been a few times where, like, I've been in difficult, you know, like life or death or just challenging situations. And I've thought, you know, like, I wish I believed in God right now because this would be – Way less confusing <laughs> if, I, if someone else had my back, you know, that I couldn't see.
1: No, I feel the same way. I totally don't have like a God that I believe in. I think there's something. Yeah. I don't know what that something is. I definitely don't believe that Eve, a woman, was the root of all of our issues. I think that was a man made story. Yeah, for
0: sure. Men made that up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you know that like women have one less rib than men because Adam had to give his rib to Eve?
1: Right, totally. Total whole yeah. yeah, I believe that. <laughs> If no. you've seen
0: Ari Shafir's, uh, i my stand up comedy taste, Ari Shafir uh, is like a stand up comic, pretty underground. But he's got this new special called Just Jew that <laughs> he came out with. Okay, that
1: sounds funny. Already. It's really good.
0: I recommend it. But that he talks with, he's like, what the rabbis told me that, like, that's why women have one less rib than men is because of Adam and Eve. And he's, like, an atheist now, but he grew up going to, like, rabbinical school and, like, wanting to be a rabbi. And he's like, and I didn't learn that women have the same amount of ribs than men until I was in my 40s. <laughs> you know how embarrassing that is? It's like, well, why do you think that? Well, because some guy with beard dandruff told me. <laughs> I was a kid. I kind of got some dirty looks last night from, like, a one of more ethnocentric purists from the Judaism. My mom wasn't Jewish when she married my dad. She converted before I was born. And so if I, I took a 23 Me to try to bond with my sister, uh, who I have not a lot in common with. But that's what she wanted. So I was like, all right, I'll do this stupid, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, what's the word um, for, like, uh, when you care about racial purity? Um, Oh. It's escaping me. Yeah. Eugenic. I'll do the stupid oh. eugenic shit. Like whatever. I'll do the stupid eugenic shit with 23Me. And so I did it and um you know, I'm just like, oh percent Ashkenazi Jew. Uh and my grandparents hated my mother, you know, <laughs> she my dad. She would the bloodline of inbred, you know, Tay Sachs more likely to have <laughs> like <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I'm grateful for that. Like, I, I, think the more mixed up like you are, the healthier you are in terms of just, you know, predispositions for whatever, you know, and so.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is good. It's got like way more philosophical than it. It always does, right? Like, it's always like, we're gonna talk about the the work and this and that, and then it just gets philosophical, and that's one of the reasons I love doing this. It's just being able to talk, you know, all kinds of. You know, just life, the universe, and everything, with interesting people who are smarter than me. So, you're smarter than me. You're, That's you might be way. smarter than me. You're smarter than me in a lot of ways. I'm smarter than you in some ways. You're smarter. than yes, me. Yes,
1: you, you definitely are smarter than me in the shit that people.
0: you've put up with. Can I? Can I tell the story of like, like the, what happened when you went to that arm conference for me the one year?
1: Oh yeah, I can. <laughs> so, I think it's funny.
0: for for people listening. Nicola is like one of. Three women that has taken on a sales role on behalf of SKA, which is uh, my contract engineering company, let's be honest. And so, and, you know, collaborative with Spencer Krause is sponsored by SKA, Custom Robots and Machines. And so um, Nicole, you were, you were good enough to do that. I really appreciate you coming in for a pinch when I was stuck in California. But what you and every other woman I've stuck in a sales capacity has told me is there is like no shortage of just sexual harassment at those events. So no, no. what what happened in your case? I'll just let you tell it rather than than bastardizing it and telephone gaming it
1: since you're here. No, uh, you could, so there were a couple things. So I don't know what incident you're... I'm talking about in.
0: the dude putting his fucking room key on your table when you were just trying oh. to have a drink and decompress. Like, yes. oh, <laughs> just like... Yeah. That's how I picture it. Oh.
1: That's kind of how it was, too. Like, I think, oh... And we were talking about business, right? And making some headway. And I'm like, gave my card, which had your information on it. Things were going well. And then that's what happened. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I should have expected that, right?
0: Jesus Christ. I'm sorry.
1: Why are you sorry? Well, on behalf of all men in the whole I sent you you in there. (laughs) I I, I went.
0: You were doing a job for me when that happened. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's
1: it doesn't matter where you're at that stuff happens unfortunately yeah yeah Yeah, it's
0: fucking brutal like my i'll I'll never know what it's like because i'm a dude but like my grandmother tells me like when she got her phd in history the the dean of history at the university of pittsburgh said ma'am you should make babies you know this is in the 1960s
1: that's awful can you imagine that stuff still happens though Like the company I worked for before, that's why I left. It was like, I remember the CEO calling me at like seven o'clock at night and screaming, screaming through the phone that we had just hired a pregnant marketing director. And I was like, I know we, I know. And he's like, what do you mean? You know, I just called her and I told her she was deceitful because she didn't tell me. And I'm like, I knew, I know she's pregnant. She told me she was pregnant. She's the best candidate for the job. Yeah, she's fucking qualified. Who gives me? a shit? Like, what is the big deal? What's the big deal? She goes on maternity leave. And then comes back, and you've got a pay? loyal.
0: What, do you know what a clients gonna think?
1: That's what he said. I'm like that was that his concern. Said, on maternity leave. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. And her and I quit like within the same week. Nice. I can't believe she even took that job. I think she was just desperate.
0: It makes sense. Yeah, that's what our oh, clients awesome. going to think as we did? Because I can sort of like, if you're like a thinly strapped company and like you're worried about having to weather paying someone's salary, well, I guess that sort of makes sense. It's still discriminatory as fuck, but like from a cat, maybe, but even still. No, like,
1: not thinly strapped, wouldn't have to pay for her leave because policy was like you had to be here for six months. Oh, before. then who gives
0: a fucking shit? Like,
1: exactly. There was no reason. He was just insane. <sighs>
0: That's horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm sorry to her. <laughs> anyway, I like, know.
1: I called her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, if I were you, i What said, are our like, clients going to think?
0: What are they going to, like, probably not going to care because people have people. Like, that's <laughs> biologically that's how we how continue going work. as a race.
1: Yeah. That's how, that's how he got here was through a person.
0: Correct. Yeah. My mom, speaking of the person that, that, you know, squeezed me out <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> put up with me for quite a while and still does um she uh she was a corporate litigator like all through my childhood so like she's like um an attorney she actually does a lot of sks legal which i'm grateful for she's great and we you know we get we actually her and i from seeing each other's work up close have developed like a newfound respect for each other since when you and i met and it's so something. we get a long way back. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And so like, um you know, as a result, like, I've had her. I've told her about like legal negotiations we were involved in, and and she's a sommelier too. She has her like level two sommelier certificate, which is not easy to get. Like your L one is meant to be all right, but your L two is kind of challenging. And so like, you know, she's she's got her juris doctorate. She's got her sommelier, and like, wow. she she was like a bottle of wine deep because one of her friends had passed. And so like. I called her this one and I'm like, what should I do in this negotiation? She's like, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm like, mom, hold on. This is a prospective client. Don't say fuck them. You know, like, let's be diplomatic here, mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was hilarious. Right. But if she I had I
1: need a- to get out of some trouble, I'm calling your mom. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Please call my mom. <laughs> do your mom straight. Do it. <laughs> <So> she, um, <laughs> So she told me another story, which was just infuriating. Like, again, like, not a woman. Don't understand what it's like. But, like, she told me a story being in court in the 80s where, like, the fucking judge, the fucking judge goes, like, Counselor, if you keep talking that way, I'm going to have to put you over my leg and spank you. Oh, And I'm God. like, and she said that. He said that to, like, the fucking, to, like, the a, a counselor. And I'm like, what'd you do? <laughs> how did you, how did you respond to that? Like, how the, I would fucking kill the guy like what did you do and oh. she's like uh, I said your honor I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that like wow. the, fucking, the fucking balls on you like like, like I, I don't have that kind of self-restraint <laughs> like, to be able no. to endure that kind of shit like, like I, I would be fired that very day like you know for know. something I egregious
1: you start to like get numb or kind of used to that kind of bullshit it just you know and it had it hasn't changed that much i mean look at roe versus now we're in politics again but it's all good honestly like what are we doing we're going back that was that was pretty bad now i'm now i got political sorry
0: it's all good i mean as long (laughs) as you're not worried about it i'm not worried like Obviously, there's people I work with that would disagree with our perspectives on this. But you know what? Like, that's okay. We can agree to disagree. Like, that's okay. Yeah.
1: You don't have to have one. Yeah. You never have to have one. I,
0: I know people with uteruses that, you know, are against abortion. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, agree to disagree. Like, I, I think that's a big Thank differentiating you. factor between certain people. Is like, there's people that, you know, can coexist with people with dissimilar beliefs to them. And then there's people that are like, everybody has to believe what I believe. You know, like, right. I can't do business with or talk to anybody to believe something. And you're like, what the fuck is your life like?
1: Why can't you just
0: coexist?
1: You know, yeah, like, it's okay to have different beliefs. It really is. Like, you can believe in a different God than I believe. in. I don't have to believe in God. And yeah. we can still be friends.
0: Yep, 100%. Yeah, yeah so can- I don't believe in God either. That, that mentor I told you about earlier, Christian conservative. And we get along great. You know, we get along awesome. Because it's I'm fun. grateful for that perspective because it's not my perspective. It makes me smarter. You know, like maybe I'm short... wrong.
1: Too. Yeah. Like, well, that's I don't here. know
0: if there's <laughs> this is getting to my nihilism. I don't know if there's objective right and wrong. Like, I kind of believe, like, I don't know, I'm a, like a moral relativist. Like, I, and that's not to say I don't, like, believe in doing the right thing for people or, like, I, I have strong morals in terms of my personal morals, but that's just what they are is my personal morals. Like yeah. I believe in doing what you say you're going to do and like 100% of the time, like, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it because I don't want to be the kind of person that doesn't do what I said I'm going to do. But I don't do that because of some, you know, structure of beliefs or some religion or yeah. some, you know, punishment that I've perceived. I, I do that because I want to be the kind of person that always does what I said I was going to do, you
1: know? And Exactly. Yeah. Just be my own nice decision person.
0: Yeah, there's two types of people, Nicole. There's dick and not a dick.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, not a dick. That's what we yeah. want to do. Want to not camps. be a dick, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. And if somebody else has dissimilar political views to me, but they're not a dick,
1: then we're on the same team.
0: Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, I, don't I care.
1: like that. that. You can pray to Allah,
0: you know, Zeus, you know, Yahweh, you know,
1: yeah.
0: Adonai, whoever the fuck you pray to. I don't care. Like, as long as you're nice and respectful, you know, we're on the same team. <laughs> so that's that's my perspective. Yep.
1: yep. I agree. Yep. I like to have a variety of friends with a variety of beliefs and backgrounds. And because it's nice. it's I love having conversations about what they think and what I think. And, yeah, you know, we can sit around and we can talk about that. And we can agree to disagree, but we can also learn from each other. 100%.
0: Yeah, I'm not, like, a big – I shouldn't disparage, but I will anyway. I'm not, like, a big Richard Dawkins fan because I feel like he's kind of an asshole atheist. Like, I feel like he's, like, just mean to people that are religious. And I'm just like,
1: why are you being so mean,
0: bro? Like, you're making the rest of us look bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no reason to, to like, just – no. But then again, I have
0: coworkers that like him. I have coworkers that are hardcore Christians. I have coworkers that are hardcore Jews. I have coworkers that are hardcore Muslims and like all of them, I'm just like, you know what? Like you do you like, I don't, I don't really care what your beliefs are. So long as you show up to work on time, you do a good job. (laughs) Like that's all I care about. (laughs)
1: That's all I care about. That you're a good person. You're nice to people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, And in the work context, I would say it goes beyond that to reliability and skill. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of friends, yeah, as long as you're a good person, you're nice to people. Like that's all I give a shit. I mean like I'll hang out with someone that that fulfills those requirements as we say in the systems engineering world. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Well, I think being like raised Catholic too and being told all of this stuff and you have to get confirmed and you have to do this and you have to do this. It's like but why? And nobody can ever tell you why. Because. Yeah, that's that... what Jesus did or because you don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm cold all the time, and I heard hell is pretty warm. So, I don't know.
0: That's fucking hilarious. I mean, like, so, like, it's similar for me, right? Like, growing up Jewish and, like, going to synagogue, even though my dad was an atheist all along and never told me until I was 30. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, right? right? I mean, the motherfucker, like, I got to give him credit. Like, (laughs) motherfucker, literally and figuratively. I got to give credit where credit's due. And so... He um, he didn't do anything. I was in Sunday school one day and they told me about Jonah and the whale. And, you know, being the little cynical cunt that I was, I said, you know, well, hold on a second. I heard in, hi- in you know grade school biology that, you know, your stomach is full of hydrochloric acid and hydrochloric acid dissolves tissue. So how did this guy not get digested? And they're <laughs> like, oh, it's a miracle. I'm like, OK, well. Can you explain to me the logistics of this miracle? Because I want to understand, like, how did how did God pull it off at a low level? Like, what was the? Uh, did he introduce a buffer into the equation? You know, was there some kind of a base that minimized the asset? You know, did Jonah go into like a bubble that had some resistance to add? Like, how did it work? Like, well, it's just a miracle. You know, I had a lazy Sunday school teacher, and so. <laughs> Uh, they're like, well, it's just a miracle. I fuck you, you know. We're like, not going to tell you. And so I'm like, okay, well that doesn't really make sense. But all right, I'll be assumed that you know I need to have faith here, and I might be wrong. Okay, but all right. So my understanding from from grade school biology is that people need to breathe oxygen to stay alive. So how did how did Jonah get oxygen when when he was encapsulated in a stomach? That forces anything away from your face. Oh, yeah, it's a miracle. Don't don't worry about it, guys. It's a miracle, you know, and I'm like, oh, but that doesn't make any sense at all.
1: you, know? and so, I need, exactly. can, you
0: can you maybe elaborate on that? Because, you know, you, you got a kid that isn't going to believe in God tomorrow here. If you don't explain this, <laughs> I need some answers. You understand,
1: you know, so, make something up.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, think on your feet, tap dance a little, you know, P.T. Barnum, mm-hmm. this shit. You know, and so, you know, they had nothing. And so I'm just like, uh, you know, if they had said that it was metaphorical and it wasn't meant to be taken literally, I probably would still be going to synagogue today. But because instead they said, you know, it's a miracle is God did it and you don't have to know any more than that. I'm like, fuck you, (laughs) you're lying to me. I don't like liars. (laughs) And furthermore, what else are you lying to me about? And I started to deconstruct all of it in my head, and I prayed every day of my life until then. But once I started like to, to take it all apart, and none of it added up, I was like, okay, maybe this is the end of me being religious, you know? And
1: yeah,
0: for a while I it's was funny angry.
1: Know when, like you know when it happened? Yeah. Yeah. When was for it me, for me? For me, I think it was later in life. Um, you know, I, I don't know I when I was a kid. Yeah. There were things like, Oh, water into wine. Really? I, I don't buy that because we would have figured that out by now. If that actually happened, people would be like turning water into wine all the time. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. No
1: <laughs> sense. So, you know, there was a lot of confusion and I didn't really, I wasn't religious. I didn't go to church after I was a kid. But I think when I got older, and you start seeing, you know, young people. I remember having a friend who died really, really young from cancer, brutal, for no reason, and you know, stuff like that happens. And then you just realize, like, shit happens. Some
0: asshole priest it, just says, "God taketh and God giveth and God taketh away," and yeah. some stupid nonsense.
1: Like, exactly. Basically, the
0: Catholic equivalent of shit happens.
1: Mm-hmm. It is.
0: What was that sushi place in Milwaukee, like, that we went to? There was there was a Japanese-owned one that was fucking awesome. I'm trying to remember. Yeah.
1: Um, it's still there. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah, no worries. It was fun. I like that place. It's a great place. Really great place. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't love is the fish tank.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> I know when I'm... Like, I'm going to eat sushi. I don't want to see them alive.
0: <laughs> Cantonese restaurants are notorious for that. Like... I hate that. Yeah.
1: It's like going to a steak place and then being able to like pet a cow.
0: You can shoot it in the face if you want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's Betsy. Betsy's a great cow. You wanna eat her?
1: <laughs> no. I haven't had red meat or pork. Nice. Any kind of beef for like three years now.
0: When did that change? Was it when you got um what is your pig's name again? I'm so sorry. Benny?
1: No, he didn't stop me from eating bacon. (laughs) love him. He's a great, cute little pig, but I was still eating bacon. How big has he
0: gotten, by the way? So Nicole, for people listening, has this awesome pet pig named Benny, and he he told me when he would charge people that were coming up to your door, like...
1: (laughs) He's good now. He went through, like, a teenage phase, right? Like dogs do.
0: Oh, shit. So he's like a person.
1: Yeah, he is. He's like a toddler now. Like, I have a little toddler who wait gets teenage
0: it. to toddler that's
1: well like um irritable teenager okay okay like yeah he went through puberty and he hated everybody for a while
0: that makes sense. now
1: he's soft. now he's sweet and docile again
0: is he but uh yeah, has he's... he been neutered or is he just
1: yeah he's okay neutered. cool mm-hmm. yeah. he's just like a dog he thinks he's a dog because we have two dogs <laughs> he goes outside to go potty and that's awesome You know, he tries to cuddle up on the couch, but it doesn't work anymore because he's too big.
0: How big has he gotten?
1: 130 pounds. Nice. (laughs) But like compact, so you wouldn't think he's, you'd never guess he was 130 pounds.
0: So he's pure muscle, it sounds like.
1: And, you know, like a big fat neck.
0: Nice, that's (laughs) awesome. He sounds great. What's the life expectancy on those things? Not to be morbid, but I'm just curious.
1: Like 20 years. Nice. So it's like a dog or a cat. It's the same thing. A commitment. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: A dog or a cat or a pig.
1: They need attention. They need a lot of attention. Um, You can't really, they get really mad because they pick one person and you become like their person. So if you go on vacation or something and come back, they even
0: are- if even yeah. if everyone else is around they're pissed yeah my cat gets that way like i'll yeah cats all
1: are of, like
0: i'll have other people watch her and she's she's sweet i mean she's her name's lucky she's like a black cat with a little white spot in her chest and you know my ex-girlfriend named her <laughs> like we keep get along really well but like i um you know, I love her, but, like, I like to travel, and so, like, I will go to Europe for a month, or, like, I wanted to go to Southeast Asia for a month recently, and I didn't get to because the COVID travel restrictions were complicated. But, like, I, I love traveling, and so it's, it's bad, because when I get back, you know, Lucky, like, for, like, two days, she's like, meow, meow. Like, why did you leave me, you fucking asshole? <laughs> <laughs> And, and like, I, I, you know, I will spend two days just at home, like, you know, just cuddling her to make her feel better. And, and then I'll go back and, you know, reconnect <laughs> with the rest of my friends.
1: Yeah. Animals are weird that way. They're, they're very sensitive. Yeah. Especially pigs because they're so intelligent, right? They're like the second or third most intelligent animal as a pig. So what, like
0: humans, apes, than pigs?
1: Yeah. And I feel weird because we like, don't eat apes why are we eating pigs they're just as smart Yep. so that kind of weirds me out that's one of the reasons i I can buy that
0: yeah maybe i gotta get a pet pig if i want to make this vegetarianism thing work which i haven't attempted yet but like yeah i think i would probably draw a similar conclusion if i'm being honest like so if you could give some advice to like you i don't know like when you were just starting out your career what would it be
1: oh gosh That's a really good question. Um,
0: Thanks, I just made it up while I was in the toilet.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would probably say, make sure you have some fun and don't be so serious because life is short. I think that's what I said. It took me too long to kind of figure all that out. I feel like no matter what you do for a job or in work or who you work with, you want to make sure that you have fun every single day or what's the point.
0: Yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. By the way, can I say that the reason I don't drink water at night to this day is because of your advice.
1: What did I tell you?
0: You were like, How you don't you? drink water when you go to bed because you want to be able to wake up and not be pissing like 70,000 times in the morning. Oh,
1: yeah. I totally – no water, no liquid after – typically like after dinner. Yeah. I don't want to get up at 2 o'clock in I'm the, the same way
0: now because of your you telling me that. I'm like, Nicole had work? the right idea. Yeah, totally works. Yeah. I wake up with like dry, cracked lips from dehydration, but I didn't oh, wake up many like... times.
1: You know the little jars of Vaseline that you can yep. buy for your lips? Yeah. Just put it on before you go to bed.
0: That's a good idea.
1: And I even put it like in the corners of my eyes because I don't like dry eyes.
0: I'm going to start doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I don't wake up at 2 o'clock and have to pee, and I can't get back to bed, and it's a whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's a better way to live your life. I, I, mm-hmm. I say that like tongue-in-cheek, I'm going to start doing that, but seriously, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, you're fucking smarter than me in a lot of ways so if I had to give myself advice like when I was a kid it would be get your head out of your ass and pay your dues you fucking twat (laughs) 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 like I don't know I thought I knew everything and I think when I started meeting people that had been doing it longer than me um, you know I'm just like I don't know everything I don't know anything I'm dumb and there, are
1: yeah.
0: you'll never know. Like, you'll never be the smartest person, like, all the time. You'll never be the strongest person all the time. You'll never be the hottest person all the time. Like, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you at that particular thing at any point. In, you know, where you're, like, there's always going to be something. Like, there's never going to be at the top of every single curve. And so that that took some getting used to for me. It's like, calm your jets, sunny. you know?
1: Really interesting that you say that, because I think of, like, how... Different, and we've talked about this. How different our childhoods were, Yeah. right? And how I was raised. We didn't, we didn't have anything.
0: I was no. raised somewhat wealthy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now I look at my own kids, right? Coming from now, my daughter, how she grew up, because I wanted to give her everything I never had. Yeah, it makes and sense. We we're pretty well off. And yeah, you're doing great. That, but she also has that same attitude right now wait freshman in
0: college where she thinks she's unstoppable
1: yep and she knows everything
0: oh brutal
1: wonder if that has something to do with it right
0: that's interesting i wonder too now that you mentioned that because like fuck my parents were doing great and that's my benchmark and i'm like well i'm better than my parents (laughs) you know (laughs) and they're doing Mm -hmm. awesome so clearly i'm invincible you know and so I bet you that's yeah, what and there's what no like
1: concept so. of the real world or how other people have been kicked
0: in the ass enough yet. I mean, like it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't happened yet. She will experience it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just it's gonna take. She's been sheltered. Yep. And for me, I didn't have that. It was like right away getting my ass kicked.
0: Yep. Which breeds humility at a younger age. That makes a lot of yeah. sense.
1: I think it does. I wouldn't change. I don't think I would change anything. Maybe a few things, but I don't know. I
0: don't know. Like in my life, I mean, I would say I would change a few things, but then I wouldn't end up where I am today. And I'm pretty happy with that. And
1: so. People say that about like my illness and. Because, you know, would you change anything if you could? And I, I don't think I would. It sucks. It would be awesome to be a healthy person. I wonder what that's like to like feel like a normal, healthy person. But at the same time, I wouldn't have had all of the experiences I've had and I wouldn't value life and like every day and every interaction and every person in my life as much as I do.
0: Well, it seems like that life is short mentality that you've got, like have fun. Like that's got to come from that, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's got to be related. And yeah, I don't know, like, I mean, as You and I have talked about this. Like I've experienced trauma, like different trauma than you, but I've I've been through my own shit. And I think it makes you better. Like I I quote you on this. I'm like my friend Nicole talks about post traumatic growth, you know, and
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: my favorite things.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely awesome. And I think it makes you a better person. And I'm not trying to say like we should traumatize everybody, you know, but like at the same time, like Yeah, a little bit. Well COVID, we kind of did that to some
1: extent. You just know? like a little bit of trauma yeah it that's what it, it was a
0: little bit it was trauma junior for like for normies yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> and so like that that basically was it but like someone like you or me i think did really well in that economy because everybody else was losing their head and you and i had already experienced some version of it and so it was like right. you know like, this is
1: nothing like I've this got is this. nothing yeah what are you guys worried about chill out yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always think right. that like, I always bring myself back. Like, why are you freaking out about this? You've been through way worse. And that like helps me come back to the moment and kind of chill out. Yeah, that's.
0: I gotta remind myself of that constantly. Mm. Well, the other one that helps me I think is don't worry about the things you can't control. So like one of my mm. one of my mentors said that to me and there's so many things I can't control that are You have an inclination to worry. I have an inclination to worry about, like, politics or, you know, like, I don't know, just even, like, elements of my work that are just outside my control, where it's just, you know, like, I only have responsibility over these things and ability to influence these things. And if I start worrying about those things, then I'm not as good at managing these things. (laughs) so, you know, it's like, scope it in, chill out. (laughs) You know, and, and just yeah. do your job. And your job is to, you know, get people out of their own way and make sure people have the resources they need to succeed. Mm-hmm. That's me talking to me. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, just like your own little pep talk. I do that. Yeah, nice. Sound like a crazy person. I don't care.
0: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it in front of the mirror. I, do you ever do like the vocal warm ups when you're getting ready in the morning, like the me, 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 me? Before no. I do that.
1: I do like... Pranayama, like all the breath work and stuff. With the I don't yoga. do that.
0: I, I was I was in this group for a while that did, and I was like, ah, it's not for me. I, I admire it because I have friends that are doing way cooler shit than me that do that. And like, you know, I, I have one buddy, uh, Ricardo Olivares, who was on this podcast, who was at NASA for twenty years. And whenever he's stressed at, you know, like NASA, or now he's at Google, he'll do like he's like, then I do my breathing exercises. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're, you're a fucking badass dude like i uh
1: you have to manage it somehow yep and that I've that is the bag. one thing that can, clears your head that's awesome Doing that breath work or even yoga yoga you is and i so... should
0: talk like i want to i want to get some insights on this stuff like i i'm not against getting into it
1: i think you would like it
0: i think you're right i did acro yoga yeah. when i was in milwaukee working for joy
1: Right. That's, that's like the balancing
0: another person on top of you.
1: <laughs> I don't think I want to do that.
0: It was kind of fun. Like, I mean.
1: I would get hurt or it, hurt somebody else. Yeah.
0: It, it was neat because like you, it was like very, I mean, acro for acrobatic. Like it was very, mm-hmm. um, it was that. I mean, it was like you, you learn how to balance someone on your feet, like on top of you. And it, it like felt like interpretive dancey and like kind of. Yeah vaguely intimate and like also like kind of interesting and athletic at the same time like i don't know it was fun from that perspective
1: i could see that yeah for me yoga is about like being with myself
0: okay totally different thing
1: totally zoning out of everything like clearing your mind focusing on what you're doing and sometimes i'll be so stressed about something at work or home or whatever it is and I can't sleep and I can do like a half hour of yoga and then fall right to sleep. Just clears your mind completely.
0: That's awesome. So what I've found is like, when I'm having trouble sleeping now sometimes, if I just do push-ups like to, to failure, like that that sometimes will help me chill out. Like if I just do pull-ups to failure or like if I just do, you know, calisthenics, like that'll, that'll kind of help me, you know, like just get, a, I don't know what it is, like, I mean, there's other things too, but like that, just something visceral and like physical where you're not really analytical about it. For some reason, I, I don't know if it just
1: distracts you
0: to where you can do it or if it's...
1: Maybe. Yeah. Or you're you're just tired yeah, after doing... Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> or a mixture of both.
0: I'm grateful. Whenever I meet somebody, you ever meet the person where you're like, how was your day? And they're like well, it's about to be 5 PM, you know, so my day is going to go great. And I'm like, that's how you live your life.
1: (laughs) Right. Like everyone has some days, like I have some days like that where you're like, Oh, this was a terrible day. I want to move on. Yeah, for sure. That's normal, but 90% of the time. Right. And 90% of the time I'm like, Oh, this day went really fast. And that's how it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. 90% of the time, Nicole, I can't shut it off and I'm just in bed still thinking about the next day or strategy or like 30 things I didn't get done out of the, you know, 50 I did. I mean, I'm embellishing here, but you know, it's, you know, how do I, how do I tap into more productivity? I mean, me as a business owner, like I, (laughs) bit of a workaholic, like Thanksgiving, right? I mean, I'm spending maybe an hour and a half with my parents and probably like six hours, you know, on the business or more. Like, I mean, and that's a light day. That's only, only a six hour day. That's that's, that's a holiday.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's different when you own your own company, though, too, because it's yours. That's true. It's your baby. That's
0: definitely true. And I was talking to, I was actually at work today and I, I had a meeting um, where I was in with client and, you know, two of my coworkers from SKA, and I, can't remember, I said something along the lines of, like, hey, well, if anyone wants to work during Thanksgiving, I'll be working, you know, like, and you know, everyone just looks at me like I had two heads, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I apologize. I, um, you know, obviously, like, it's a holiday. Take the time off. I'm not trying to tell everyone they have to work a holiday. I'm just... You know, if you don't rein me in, I'm just going to keep going off the deep end here. And so, like, I appreciate that look that you gave me because that, you know, or just tell me, you know, because I don't have an ego that I have to, I don't have an ego problem. Like, I I like to think, like, you know, I have had an ego problem, but, you know, I've, I think I've been very good at killing my ego lately. And and that's what you need, I think, in order to do good work is to to leave your ego out of it and, and check it at the door and just think about, you know the needs of the people around you and you know what you need to do to deliver good work to the people relying on you.
1: Yeah. I would never describe you as somebody with an ego. Never have I thought that. Never? No. Not
0: even in 2014 when you met me?
1: Yes. Changed my mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little, Yeah. but no, not, I, no, no, not even then. No. Actually? All right. Actually. Yeah. It's
0: kind of you. Yeah, you might be right. I don't know. I've been, I've been kind of. I mean, I, I hang out with a lot of people, and, and people tell me different things about me, and you know, I mean, like everyone else, I'm a self-centered douche, and so I, I like caring about me.
1: So... No, you're so you're so much more self-aware than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> Thanks, people. <Nicole>. I, <laughs> I mean, I you definitely think...
0: are too. Like, I mean, the fact that you've like lived through lupus and the crazy shit that you've seen i mean you've been like a woman in this fucking day and age which is just being a woman <laughs> and have <laughs> gotten your ass grabbed at work about like i mean i don't know how you do it like i'm you know i'm grateful to have you as a friend and and i wish i could be as strong as you <laughs> you know and so i don't know i mean knowing someone like you makes me better as a human as well and I, i'm grateful for your friendship and your insight
1: yeah i feel the same thanks thanks baby. and Yes. And all of that stuff, like, it's not – it doesn't come from strength. It's more like you have to, right? So it's not
0: – I would call that strength. I mean, some people don't even though they have to. Like, a lot of people will crumble and, and yeah. you know, fall into a ball of despair when they're faced with any kind of adversity. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and maybe that's an old
0: school mentality. But – I don't know i i think that is a form of strength to be able to to do the things that you quote have to do to to deal with the hand you've been dealt you know even if it's a shitty hand and you know that's what it is but
1: well we do so i do a lot of work with uh educational programs for like residents or new doctors and now even you know really specialty doctors focused um on educating people just about specifically doctors about the patient experience, right? Because doctors are so <laughs> <I'm
0: talking laughs> just... <about> egotistical. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, gosh, right? Just like what they don't look at you as a person or a human being, they're looking at your chart, or they're looking at this. And then <laughs> The patient experience is so important for a repeat business. So I talk to doctors like you gotta I would. Got to be a salesperson. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it, it's all about. It's like my my rheumatologist, who is amazing and great and good at what he does. He comes to me a lot and asks me questions. Like I have this case, can't tell you the name. I don't know what to do in this situation. I want them to be a repeat customer, and I want them to come back. But they don't need the scan. So I say, then tell them they don't need the scan and they'll come back. Just be yeah. honest, right? And they're going to need some other scan down the road. Like, let's be <laughs> real. Or they're going to need a $20,000 infusion. Like, the money will happen. Just be honest with your patients and don't make them radiate themselves more than necessary.
0: That's true <laughs> in every aspect of scales. I mean, you know, like, why would you sell someone something they don't need? Cause you're short sighted. That's why you did that. Yeah. You know, cause you're a stupid idiot and you don't think about next year or the year after that, or the year after that. Right. And So I, I feel like take that goes this, right in line,
1: you know, like take this pill. It's going to help this problem and cause you 20 other problems, but
0: it's my doctor that prescribed me that. Ritalin when I was seven.
1: Oh my God. Somebody so, um, I don't know if I filled you in. So Ethan was just diagnosed with ADHD. Oh. Um, and they tried to put him on Ritalin, and I'm like, no, we're not doing
0: that. Nice. We're
1: going to start somewhere else. Yeah. Take him to martial
0: arts. Like, I mean, there's like a lot yeah. of other, like better ways to do it.
1: Right. We're not, we're not going straight to medication. We're not doing that. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're wrong. And I'm like, he's my kid. I know we'll see a different doctor. So we did. And yeah, he was like, it. "Yeah, we don't have to start there. Why would we start there?"
0: Some of these doctors are so fucking arrogant. Like, I've I've had psychiatrists act that way with me, or I'm just like, "Get the fuck out of here, you douchebag!" Like, here's cash for everything that I've accrued to this point. Let me just close out my tab and move
1: on. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> like, I will pay full price, and I'm going get the fuck out of here, and I'll never see you again. You
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Cardiologists. by far biggest egos in the world my granddad was a
0: cardiologist
1: sorry no he had a big
0: ego on him (laughs) so that's probably
1: one of the maybe he was one of the good ones i literally had to go to five until i found one that i liked
0: what did they do like what was the what was the folly
1: so something was wrong i was having heart palpitations and feeling dizzy but like Heart palpitation so extreme that I was having chest pain along with it. Uh, brutal. Yeah. And I know my own body. So I'm like, when I'm, Does when that I, be I a take blood a hospital, pressure issue or is that, that's, it palpations? was POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia. Okay. Which, you know, can be really, really extreme and bad if you don't get it taken care of. Um, all it is is like tachycardia, basically, but heat and exercise can cause it. It can be really scary so i went to the first cardiologist and he said oh well you know this is because you're a woman
0: oh, Jesus. and
1: you're dealing with your kids and you're stressed yeah and i'm like okay we're done and i'm not paying for this so i went to the second <laughs> cardiologist, and he said the same thing and the third guy ran tests. Listen, you,
0: Kuz, you know, no. <laughs> I'm and sorry. I'm like, I didn't no. mean it like that. People listening, but like, <laughs> it's just so dismissive and, and shitty. Like, you
1: know? yeah, it was really shitty. Like yeah. this is stress. No, it's not. I know my own body. I know this is not stress and believe it or not, I am not stressed. And he was trying to convince me that I was stressed out.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: But I'm not stressed. And he's like, but you should be stressed. And I'm like, well, now I'm getting stressed because I'm here with you. (laughs) And by like the fifth guy, I was like, look, this is what's going on. This is what everyone's saying. These are my test results. Clearly something is wrong. He's like, you need to see a neurologist because this is your brain not sending the right signal to your heart. And I'm like, oh, finally being told over and over again, that this is a problem because of anxiety or it's all in your head by multiple professionals. For tachycardia. Yeah. For tachycardia. it's like, (laughs) that that don't make no sense. It was like, you're a type A personality and this is why this is happening. That was another doctor. And I'm like, no, 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 like screaming. So there were a lot of co-pays that I refused to pay and I, could I pay them easily? Yes. Did I? No. I spent hours on the phone arguing. I will not pay for a doctor's appointment that I did not attend. I got up and I left, not paying. <laughs> That's awesome. I finally found a guy, an older, more experienced cardiologist you're, you're, to explain this.
0: Before. You're, you're definitely more... Persistent than me, I I will just pay the amount of money, and be like, I'm paying this, but I'm doing it in protest. I'm never coming back. But like, usually I won't even say that. I'll just pay it and I'll fuck off forever and go somewhere else.
1: No, they need to know. They need to yeah. know because I called every single one of them back and, and I cash. Said, Guess like, what. I don't,
0: I don't want their notes on my insurance.
1: <laughs> like, <I'll> just... <laughs> yeah, I don't want that stuff. Either, but I did call every single one of them back, and they called me, and I told them, "You're wrong. Guess what? This is what was wrong with me, and you couldn't catch it." Nice. Because I feel bad for all the patients. What did the neurologist
0: do? Like, what was the what was the uh, the prescription? Like, how did you fix it?
1: Um, so they did a something called a tilt table test, where they put your body basically under extreme um, like stress, your blood pressure.
0: So what, you like tilt backwards I'm imagining or?
1: Yeah, you're tilted at an angle that forces your heart to work really hard.
0: Interesting.
1: And if it can't keep up, and they also put like needles into your arms to figure out what your sweat rate is, monitor your heart rate and your blood pressure. That's really interesting. And, And mine, you know, I almost passed out.
0: Yeah. Makes sense to I me. Mean, a normal
1: cool. person, it would be totally, they would regulate, but I, my body couldn't regulate. So then they just put you on a beta blocker. Nice. And then I was fine. Or they can do like a procedure on your heart called an elbration, albra- I can't remember yeah. where they basically like quarterize part of your, it's like a natural pacemaker, I guess.
0: By cauterizing your heart?
1: Something no worries, like that. I'd have to look at it. It's something it's similar to that. It's called an abrasion or something like that.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Ablation, yeah.
1: maybe? Ablation. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: Just because ablation is like when you burn something. <laughs> so, cautery yeah. to me implies burning something with electricity. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> ablation. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
0: I didn't know you could ablate the heart. You're just like, just die, heart. <laughs> You're doing too much work.
1: Yeah, that's all it is, is my heart was working way too hard and it's dangerous. So you just kill part it of it
0: by ablating it. That's wild.
1: Slow it down, but the beta blockers work.
0: That's cool. I've heard good things about beta blockers. Like, I guess people use them before they give talks, and it's meant to be like good for anxiety.
1: Yeah, I'm totally chill i'm a lot more chill on them for sure like eh, whatever
0: yeah i just had xanax when i was in college (laughs) but like i found like the longer i'm alive like the less i need stuff like that the more i'm just like all right well i'm not afraid of this because i've seen this before (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think i think you just chill out as you get older i mean i'm curious to try beta blockers (laughs) though it's gonna sound bad
1: (laughs) It's just, um, I do wonder. It does make you feel, they just make you feel kind of sleepy and relaxed.
0: Yeah. I had, I had a guy on the podcast who's, uh, Edo Seder, one of the Israeli guys I mentioned, or right. Edo Cedar. sorry, uh, sorry, Edo. Um, but he'd mentioned, um, the band of tolerance being like the amount of anxiety, why, where, but you can get work done. So if you're too anxious, you're above your band of tolerance. And if you're not anxious enough, like if you've got a cat purring on your lap, you're below your band of tolerance and you can't get anything done. So there's like an art to getting right in the right place. And so I feel like that's, that's just a big part of what we do or being able to perform under stress.
1: Yeah. Like figuring out
0: tolerance. Yeah. It's a great, it, it works, right? Mm-hmm. Like the model actually makes sense. And so I don't know when he said that to me, I'm like, I love that too.
1: Yeah, now I'm thinking about all the people I work with or on my team that are just a little bit too relaxed. And how can I, like, give them a little anxiety? <laughs> right? Yeah. Bah! Just yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just terrify them in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people I work with are not that. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, we're so sparse with who we bring into projects. Like, everybody is kind of a maniac, like, in regard to, like, you know, like, there's this one guy, he's been on the podcast, too, who is a very active participant in in an active SKA project. Kaz Mastowy, he's the former director of hardware for Bossa Nova Robotics, and that guy's hilarious. Like, we were in a meeting the other day, and he just goes, later, bitches. (laughs) He gets out of there. Like another time, um, you know, I don't know. He's just, he's brilliant. Like he comes up with ideas that wouldn't occur to anybody else. Like he is, he is one of the smartest people I've ever worked with. And and I, I I say that sincerely, like in a way where like, he makes me better for having worked with him. Um, And
1: that's great.
0: He's not, he's not too chilled out. Like he's definitely, he's chill, but he's not too chill. Like, I don't know. He's like. Yeah constantly hitting like a vape pen with like nicotine (laughs) like he probably has anxiety (laughs) he's he's a good dude and i'm grateful that he that he works with me like he he makes me better for having worked with him
1: that's rare you only run into those people i think occasionally in your lifetime
0: well i kind of love his like you know like devil may care attitude where you know he's kind of like you know, he just seems like he's got his middle finger up, but in a way that's like, you know, he's kind of earned the right by being really good at what he does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People, people should be hiring that guy everywhere. (laughs) Like he's, he's one of the most brilliant, productive people I've ever worked with.
1: Nice. Now look him up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. by all means, you can try. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah but uh what else is there anything you want to plug should we should we call it
1: yeah we should probably
0: yeah i mean we'll we we'll be asked for a little bit after we cut it anyway so might as well okay recording uh what do you want to talk about like mars uh, other things you're working on anything you want us to put in the description
1: i think that's good, good. um I guess I could put a, a shameless plug in there for Mars. Yeah.
0: So that's uh, uh, what's the website? MarsSG.com?
1: Yeah, MarsSG. And then we have the return ship website. Um, so if you go to MarsSG.com, you can see the return chip websites through there, too. Nice. So the difference between us and, you know, the other million staffing companies that are out there is we have that return chip program. So we're not just pulling and plucking talent and putting it somewhere else we're actually creating our own talent so we look for where the market shortage is and we develop programs around that nice that shortage
0: that's awesome Mm -hmm. and then i will do a plug too because i've been told to do this by my marketing people uh collaborative with spencer kraus is sponsored by SKA custom robots and machines SKA custom robots and machines
1: You've got that down, I love
0: it. Uh, it. just this is my first time doing it on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks,
1: <Nicole.
0: laughs> but I did practice it with uh with James quite a bit <laughs> before doing that.
1: I see like an audiobook career in your future.
0: Oh geez, if money ever gets really tight
1: <laughs> it'll be my next thing.
0: <laughs> Alright, you're awesome. I'm gonna cut it. <laughs>